You're listening to episode number 47 of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. In today's episode, I am so excited to introduce you to Monica Swanson and share with you our conversation about raising kids with character. Monica is the author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs the Most from You, and the host of the Boy Mom Podcast. Monica's insight on raising boys caught the world's attention when her blog post, What a Teenage Boy Needs Most from His Mom, reached nearly 2 million readers in just over a week. She has contributed to the Today Show website, The Huffington Post, and has been featured on numerous radio shows and podcasts, including the Family Life Radio Program, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey, and Don't Mom Alone. She and her husband, Dave, have two sons in college and two more boys at home who divide their time between homeschooling and competitive surfing. Besides boys, Dave and Monica also raise a lot of tropical fruit at their home in the country on the North Shore of Oahu, Hawaii. I'm so excited for you guys to hear our conversation. So if you are ready to hear some incredible insight and strategies on how we can raise our kids with character and cultivate a strong family dynamic, then let's jump right in. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mompreneurs out there feeling torn between raising a thriving family and building a business you love. I'm a photographer, community founder, podcaster, wife, and mama saved by grace. So I can totally relate to you multi-passionate mamas. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to maximize your productivity and find peace in motherhood and business. That way you can have time for the things that really matter, like binging your favorite show and cookie dough. But seriously, are you ready to transform your life from feeling frazzled to focused and be equipped with the tools you need to juggle all the things? If so, you're in the right place. Hey, Monica, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be with you today and have you on the show. And I can't wait to talk to you about raising our kids with integrity and cultivating a strong family dynamic. I think societal norms are starting to change and that moms are realizing more than ever that if we want to create a peaceful home, it starts with us slowing down, shifting our perspective, and taking the lead to guiding our families on the right path. And I can't wait for you to help us with that today. So Monica, would you take a minute and just introduce yourself? Let all the listeners know who you are, who you live with, and what you do. Mm, Well, thank you so much for that kind introduction. And I am so happy to be here. So um, great to meet all of you listeners. Hey, I'm Monica. I'm coming to you from the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii, where um, I live with my husband and our four sons. Uh, Two of them are in college now, so they're not always here, but they have been here a lot this year (laughs) for obvious reasons. And um, they're They've spent part of their college time at home, part in Santa Barbara, California, where they go to Westmont College. Um, But otherwise, let's see, I come from the Pacific Northwest originally, but my husband and I moved to Hawaii 19 years ago uh, for his medical residency program. And I thought it would be a three-year stay, but it turned into a forever stay, I think. And we um, were out here kind of in the country, and our boys are surfers. I have homeschooled pretty much from the beginning, 
And that's kind of my life in a nutshell. I've been blogging for just about 10 years now. Uh, I have the Boy Mom podcast and my book Boy Mom came out in August of 2019. So I just love to, you know, really get involved online. And since I'm out here in the country, it's it's such a great way to connect with people all over the world, making friends through social media and writing and podcasting. So this is my favorite stuff and I'm really glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to share that. I know when you were mentioning that you were in Hawaii, I just thought of one of your podcast episodes that you were talking about your boys and their surfing and like just letting boys be adventurous and sometimes having to look another way when they do scary things. And yeah, oh my gosh, that just like really resonated with me when you said that. So I just had to yeah. share that. <laughs> yes, it's kind of a big part of our life here. So thank you. I love that. So now when it comes to raising kids of character in our world today, what would you say are some of the key things that we need to be focusing on? Mm, Yeah, character is something I love to talk about. And so I could talk all day on this topic. But you know, I guess when my boys were young, and I felt like a lot of moms with, you know, a few kids under five, Um, feel, I was just super overwhelmed because I just felt like there's so many voices out there telling us what we need to do, telling us what it should look like. Uh, So many just, it just felt like keeping up with everybody was so overwhelming. Um, But when I really started to think about what I ultimately wanted, what was my goal in raising these boys? And I realized that, you know, the ultimate goal in raising kids is that the young adults that they will one day be, who will they be when we launch them into the world one day? And that's when I realized just the importance of character. And I knew that ultimately at the, you know, the, the few things that really mattered were faith and character. And so that became kind of a a goal and helped me then make decisions about the big and little things we did each day. And how does this shape character? How can I use this challenge, this opportunity, this sport, this, you know, school subject? How can we use all the things in our daily life to point our kids and start to really focus on shaping their character? And so it's become really a passion of mine and something that can be, I believe, a lot of fun. When you kind of have purpose in your parenting, I think it makes everything a lot more fun and meaningful and gives your day just a lot more structure. And that helped me a lot all through these years. Awesome. I love that so much. Do you have like a few things in particular about character that you can share with us that you think are maybe most important? Yes. Well, again, it's such a big topic, but I do have a full chapter in my book, Boy Mom, on raising sons of noble character. Um, And um, this ended up birthing my character training course, which is something I offer online a couple times a year. And I'll I'll be sure to give you guys links if people want to put put their name on a list to be notified when that opens up, because that's really my heart of hearts. But, you know, I think when kids are little, I think introducing character qualities throughout the day naturally is super helpful. So in my book, I talk about things like how easy it is for me anyway, when kids are young to just bark orders, you know, to say like, "Ah, pick up your stuff, put your toys away. Would you turn off the light? You know, all these things that are very much a part of raising kids. We want to teach them all these things. But when you kind of 
uh, attach a character quality to the things you're asking of your children or teaching them, it's kind of a game changer. So it might be, um, say, we use the word responsible. And maybe you talk to your child about what it means to be responsible, to take care of your things, to grow up to be responsible. Look at daddy, you know, he's so responsible. He has a great job and people trust him. And then you start to say, hey, would you be responsible and pick up your toys? Can I can I help you pick up your toys? And then you catch them doing something good and you're like, oh, that was so responsible of you. I mean, that's kind of a big word. So when they're really little, I don't know if responsible is the best example, but I'm just using it for sake of the conversation. And then um, you can use that word in the things you're doing anyways throughout the day, but now you're giving them a character quality to attach to all of that. And you can both build them up and correct them using that word. And sometimes, you know, you might focus on one word for the whole week, or at least for a day, um, you can have themes kind of even monthly themes if some people want to, but you know, it's so important to be honest, you know, let's talk about what honesty is and maybe read a story or we read a Bible story where honesty is really highlighted. And then when they tell you, mommy, I, I broke something or I did this, you'd be like, oh, that is so honest of you. I really appreciate it. So it's kind of bringing that into the vocabulary of everyday events. Uh, that's probably my favorite tool for teaching character when kids are young. And then of course, as they grow up, there's just so many conversations, so many ways we can talk about character. And I think the number one thing I would say from the time they're little until they're grown up is modeling. I think that we as parents must model the character that we want our kids to embrace. So nothing um, harder or more important <laughs> than living lives of character ourselves as adults. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that because I don't know why it seems so simple, yet it's not something that parents do often. Like you yes. mentioned, we do give directives a lot, uh -huh. correcting yes. and directing. And we so often miss the part of attaching the character quality. Mm -hmm. And I just think that was such a brilliant, brilliant tip. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Of course. I do have a question, like a follow-up question on that sure. in regards yeah. to honesty mm -hmm. as a character trait. So this is actually something that I'm personally dealing with right now is trying to teach my youngest, who is um, six, trying mm -hmm. to teach him how to be show integrity, right? Yeah. So he is extremely honest. He will tell me after he does something he knows that he shouldn't have. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, praise, uh, you know, I give him utmost praise for being honest. And I'm like, yeah. so appreciative, but then he goes and does it again. Mm -hmm. So like, what are your recommendations in that scenario? Because, you know, I mean, I know this is not, this is going a little off topic, but no. do you just have like some insight real quick? You bet. Of course I do. I've got four boys who I've had plenty of practice with. <laughs> so I will <laughs> say that one of the things that is, I think, maybe the very hardest for most of us parents, and if, if anyone listening, if this comes easy to you, then you are blessed. But I think giving consequences is so hard. And yet, it's what our kids need the most. And so I will say, you know, most of us would, you know, we, it comes much easier for us to throw a fit, to scream and yell and, and get angry at our kids, but to give a consequence for some reason is extremely painful. And I know it's because we don't want to see our kids suffer. We sometimes don't want to suffer whatever that consequence is. You know, if we cancel a play date, well, now we don't, we lose out on that time that we might've had to ourselves. Or if we take away whatever 
it is that we're taking away. Sometimes we suffer too, but um, when we end up then getting angry, letting it build up to the point that we end up yelling or, you know, throwing a mom fit, that's not good. And so the best recommendation I have is to use consequences. And yes, it is good to praise their honesty, 100%. You're doing the right thing. But they also need to know that if they've done something that they know is breaking a rule, there is a consequence. And yeah, the consequence will be less if you tell me, <laughs> if I find out from right. you. It's less of a consequence, but there's still going to be one. And um, consequences are challenging when you have to think of them on the spot. So I always encourage parents to have some consequences in place, lined up and ready to roll before you're in the moment. So hard to think on our feet. So if you can talk to your child and say, listen, if this happens again, this is what your consequence will be. So be prepared. Mommy's not going to yell. She's not going to get angry, but you will have this consequence. And then they're ready for it and they know it going into it and they won't be caught off guard and you are less likely to lose your temper over it too. So consequences are a mom's best friend as hard as they are. Yes. Thank you. And this is something too that I struggle with because I like follow positive parenting and Mm -hmm. a lot of them say, you know, not to use consequences and Mm. they say to use natural consequences and Mm -hmm. they say, you know, try these other tactics or strategies. And so then it confuses me because I'm like, well, I don't want to like, you know, give him a consequence that's completely unrelated and then have him be mad at me instead of have him learn the lesson. So totally. Yeah. Yes. I'd love to to that because absolutely natural consequences are the best. If there is a natural consequence uh, in a situation, then go with that. And that would be for anyone listening that doesn't know exactly what that means. That would be something like, let's say you have an elementary student, maybe older elementary. We got to, you know, our little guys need a lot of help, but let's say they have a habit of leaving their lunch at home if, and when they go to school and you have bailed them out. You've brought them their lunch. You've delivered it to school and you've let them know they need to remember it. And then comes the day where you've told them one too many times, you know, the best consequence they can have is to honestly go hungry one day. And I know it sounds harsh. (laughs) Kids need food, but, and maybe I shouldn't even say lunch because a lot of moms are cringing right now. Like what? But um, maybe it's their project or their school assignment, or maybe it's their skateboard that they want to play with after school, whatever it is they bring to school and they know better. Then the best thing you can do is just let them go a day without their jacket, without their lunch, without whatever it is, because that's a natural consequence in life. If you forget something, there's not some magic fairy that's going to deliver it to you. And mom shouldn't enable a child by being that magic fairy. Now, yes, there's grace, but there comes a point where everyone listening knows what I'm talking about, where you should not rescue your child. And so I encourage moms to allow natural consequences to take place. And if they leave a toy outside and it's ruined, you don't run to the store and get them the new toy. You make them save up, do some extra chores, earn their money so that they can buy their own toy to replace whatever was ruined in the rain. So natural consequences are wonderful when you have them. But the problem is, is sometimes there just isn't one. And I'm thinking of things like, well, let's just say my child's chore this week is to do the kitchen dishes. 
and he chooses not to do them. And this has been an ongoing issue. And, you know, the only natural consequence I can think of is I'm left with a dirty kitchen. So a logical consequence is the next thing in line. If there's not a natural one, I say find a logical consequence. And this is where you want to tie the consequence as closely as you can to the offense. So now it's going to be, hey, buddy, you have the time. You could have done the dishes. You chose instead to go play with the dog or get on your iPad or do whatever you did. And so when you get home today, you're not only going to have to do the dishes chores, but you're also going to have to empty all the garbage in the home and do your brother's chore. Or I'm going to come up with a creative chore to add to your list because the logical consequence of not doing one chore is you're going to have extra to do later. So it's really kind of natural, but you're having to attach something to it. And that's where mom steps in. And sometimes a, a logical consequence would be you are on your iPad instead of doing chores. So I'm taking the iPad away for 24 hours. And so again, these aren't harsh. I'm not talking about doing something that is, you know, torturous to your child. It's just showing them that in life, there are consequences for behavior. If you don't fulfill your job, you're going to have consequences. So let's start learning young what that looks like in the real world. And we're really doing our kids a favor by giving them those consequences. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for expanding on that. <laughs> I struggle with that so much. So thank you. Okay, yeah. now kind of looking into this. So say you give your child a consequence, right? Mm -hmm. They don't like how something turned out. And now, especially our boys, I don't I don't know why, but girls and boys both get really angry, but I don't know why boys express it in such a different way because I have one of each. Mm -hmm. So how can we help our children deal with anger and disappointment? Yeah, great question. And I think, you know, every child is different and, and probably you're right that boys express anger sometimes a little bit more physically or with more outbursts, but certainly all kids are going to express emotions differently. And, and I think this is where it's super key to just really be a student of your child, kind of learn um, how they're wired and, and you know, find ways to deal with each child individually. Unfortunately, there's not just one technique that works for everyone. But I think that, um, again, when kids are young, my favorite tool to use is to really talk to them about feelings and give them feeling words. Um, I talked to uh, David Thomas, who's great. He's with Raising Boys and Girls, which I would recommend that podcast as well. And all of his books, David Thomas is great. But he was agreed with me, which I, I appreciate. He's a counselor in Tennessee. And he was talking about um, just teaching them some words. And so when they're little, there's um, a tendency for boys at some point to put all their emotions into the angry um, category. So where they might have, um, they might be frustrated, they might be disappointed, but somehow it seems to always come out as anger. But if we give them some options, so when your son is upset over something, sitting down with them, and first of all, helping them to calm down, that would be the you know number one tool. And, and I have my, my 10 year old, I'll have him breathe with me. I'm like, come on, take a deep breath, inhale, you know, exhale through your mouth, let's slow down. Let's just calm ourselves before we try to talk. And I'm like, buddy, I know you say you're angry, but are you, tell me right now, what are you really feeling? Are you feeling jealous because your big brother gets to do something that you're not doing? You know, are you, are you frustrated because you can't get this problem done? Like, what is the real feeling there? And I think sometimes they just need some options to choose from. And they're like, yeah, actually I am really jealous. And then you're like, okay, let's talk about that. So it helps them put a name to that feeling. And then you have something to work with. So I think part of it is boys need 
to have that vocabulary, emotional vocabulary. And then, yeah, teaching them that feelings are not wrong. Feelings are how God wired us. This is okay. But what can we do with those feelings? And then teaching them how to walk through things with the appropriate and, you know, the appropriate response to whatever's going on, which doesn't have to be throwing a fit. Sometimes it means journaling your feelings. Sometimes it means going outside and doing something active to burn off some steam, but giving them the tools they need to walk through what they're feeling. Yes, that is so helpful. So as you're saying all of this, I'm thinking about my son specifically. My daughter has you know, her own issues as well. But I feel like, but I feel like right now my biggest like struggle is with my son's anger. And a lot of it is pointed towards me or towards his sister. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have a hard time like stopping in the moment. And I know that it's best to wait till things calm down, Mm -hmm. but sometimes he's so like physically hurting us that I don't know, like, how to transition out of that. Like sometimes I give him like a cardboard box to kick or something Mm -hmm. when he's angry to like channel that or a pillow to punch. But it's just like lately his emotions are so big and I'm not, and and usually it's in the mornings when we're like, Mm -hmm. you know, stressed for time, trying to rush out the door on the way to school. And there's not a lot of time for repair. And by the time he gets home from school, it's like he's forgotten about what Mm -hmm. just happened. Totally. So do you have any like Yes, remind me on how old he is right now? He's six. Yeah, yeah. He just said that. I'm sorry. I remember. Um, and remind me how old your daughter is for context. She's nine. Okay, yeah. Um yeah, at six years old, so many changes are happening, right? I mean, they're just becoming little people. They're coming out of that, you know, toddler irresponsible stage. And this is probably such a key time to just really teach your son that he is responsible for how he handles his emotions. And that again, unfortunately, is probably going to involve some consequences because if he wants to get physical and hurt people, um, he needs to know that in life, (laughs) when you do that, bad things happen. Like there is never a good outcome if you decide to take out your feelings physically on somebody. So I would recommend that in a quiet moment when nobody's upset, maybe bedtime, maybe, you know, when everybody's happy, tummies are full, that you just look at your son and you say, buddy, we've had a little pattern here. And when you're upset, I see you handling it in this way. And I want to be here for you. I want to support you. I am for you. But I need you to know that if this continues in your life, it's going to take you to some bad places. And, you know, I always say, I don't want to scare my kids, but I kind of want to scare my kids. Like, it's okay to let them know that, you know, if they're big people and they hurt someone, they end up in jail. So let's just say, like, this is not going to go anywhere good. So say, because I love you, I want to stop this before it becomes a pattern in your life. And so the next time you try to hurt somebody in your anger, you are going to, and you know, now this is where we talk about currency, whatever your son's currency is. If it's a favorite toy, if it's a favorite friend, if it's watching a show, whatever it might be, you let him know that that will be stripped away the minute he hurts somebody. Even if he thinks he's mad, he has reason. You've got to find better ways to deal with your feelings. And I'm here for you. You can look at me and go, mommy, I'm feeling so angry and say, I will hold you. We can breathe together. We can pray about this, but that is you are not going to turn to getting physical with people. And now he knows, and there's no excuse. At six, he gets it. You know, he's not two, he's six. And so it happens 
mama. <laughs> You've got to follow through yeah. and do whatever you told him you're going to do, because that's where, where he learns to trust that you mean what you say. So this is, this is where parenting is hard, but so important because you are really shaping him into the young man he'll be one day. Yes. Oh man. So good. Tough love. Monica, you're <laughs> I'm convicted. I'm, oh, I, I just am, you know, I'm right there with you. I promise. Right? I'm like, maybe you just need a permission. And my husband, he um, edits my podcast. So he's going to be like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> he has been telling me like, there has to be consequences. Mm-hmm. And I just have that voice in my head that is like, you know, but it's not related. And I don't want him to be mad at me. And like, I want him to be mad at his actions. But you're right. There comes a point that. Like if I, if I let it go too far, like it's Mm going to become a behavior that like, that's going to be how, how he handles conflict in the future. Yes. Yes. My husband said it maybe best of all, when he said, you know, if we don't discipline them in the safety of our own loving homes, the harsh world will absolutely give them consequences. You know, what we're doing is saving them from the harsh consequences that this world will dole out gladly if he doesn't learn self-control, if he doesn't learn to handle his feelings. So we're doing our kids a favor if we can do it in the home and give them a loving place to land. Yes, so true. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So this leads me to my next question too, which is, um, I know from like all of my child psychology research and just my own personal experience that children often act out like their defiance because Mm -hmm. of their lack of control. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so hard. I remember being a child, like it's so hard being told what to do all the time. And there's all these rules that you have to follow and there's all these things that you have to do. And so kids so often can feel like they're powerless. And so they act out of defiance because they want to show us that they're in control. So what are some ways that you can share with us to give our children this sense of positive control? Mm, Such a good question. And uh, I just recently was uh, listening to Josh McDowell on a podcast and um, he, and I've read this quote from him before, but I love that he reiterated um, the importance of relationship with your child and the the fact that rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And I think that's a real key here because I do believe that if we foster a healthy relationship with our kids, then when we do give them rules, when we do set boundaries, when we say no, there's going to be a different response than if we just build a relationship all based on I'm the parent, you're the kid, do what I say. So that relationship building always needs to be in process. Um, But also when it comes to this feeling of control, I think a real key is making sure your child has plenty of um, areas of their life that they are making decisions every day. And so it's not like they feel completely controlled, you know, in all areas. So I think when we do set a boundary, when we do, you know, say no to them or give them a rule to follow, they need to know that there's plenty of areas they have control in life. And so, you know what I mean? So it kind of comes across different when it's coming in the context of a life that has lots of options, lots of freedoms. And now mom's saying, no, that's going to be taken differently. And so the other thing is, I think, giving them some choices within uh, your boundaries. So it might be, no, you can't 
go to your friends this afternoon, but here's five things you can do, or here's three things. Five is too many for most kids. Here's three things you can do today. And no, you can't get on a device right now, but look, you could build Legos, you could play outside, or you could do some artwork. So as long as they feel like they have some choices, I think it helps them accept um, the limitations that we put on them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. I've just noticed too, like I had um, a previous guest on Tessa Stuckey talking about like tablet time and screen addiction. Mm -hmm. And so we really like, I don't want to say like cold turkey took it away, but pretty much, I mean, I was, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to really focus on, you know, changing the dynamic of our family. I'm going to point them in different directions when they're asking for it. But mm-hmm. now I'm kind of seeing the backlash of that and mm-hmm. like my children, especially my daughter, cause she's older, just always asking for it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't really have a good answer of like mm-hmm. when, because I don't really want her to do it. And so she, we kind of get into this power struggle of like, you know, she's upset because I never let her do it anymore. And I promised mm-hmm. her that I wasn't going to take it away forever. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like the best option that I can think of is like to come up with an like a schedule together of like how often do I feel comfortable with this Mm -hmm. and then give her you know that control where it's like okay one to two times a week is is good with me and then kind of let her have control over when she uses that um that's so good I was gonna say or another thing too would be like letting her earn that you know that's that's what I was gonna suggest okay cool Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're doing the right thing. Exactly. I think that if you have that conversation and let her help you um, form the rules, like, what do you think is reasonable? Let's talk about this together. And then again, they feel like they do have a little bit more control of the situation when they're a part of the conversation. But yeah, I I love that you brought up earning um, time because I think that is a lot of parents have success saying, um, you know, you read for so many minutes and you get so many minutes and it doesn't have to be um, you know, an even ratio. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes of reading gives you 30 minutes of screen time. It might be every, you know, add up two hours of reading and you get 30 minutes. Like you decide what you think is best for your family, especially depending on ages of your kids. But uh, some families have kids earn screen time by exercising, you know, as they get older, especially if they're sedentary, make them exercise to earn screen time. You figure out what your child's currency is and what you believe needs to be happening in their life, what they need more of, whether it's reading or chores or exercise. And then it's a win-win. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. So can you speak um, in your family, like what are some of the responsibilities that your children have? Because I think this is another really good point about positive control is giving our children something that they are responsible to contributing to the family. Sure. Yes. Well, um, because we've homeschooled from the beginning, my boys have been around the house a lot. So I really, and because I work from home, I just find it super important that everybody shares the responsibility at home. So my boys do a lot. And we, because there's four of them now, again, two have been away at college. So it's been a little bit harder, but we used to divide the house into just um, four different kind of categories or sections. So there would be, you know, this week, this person's on dish duty. And that means they pretty much pick up the slack after dinner, during the day, anytime there's dishes. Um, someone else was on garbage duty. Someone else, we had living room. Like, you know, we just had categories. Um, but then also 
I think as kids get older, really putting the responsibility of their own stuff on them. And so as soon as they're ready to start doing their own laundry, as soon as they're ready to get up and make their bed and tidy up their room, um, anything that they're responsible for, and again, letting some natural consequences come into play. So they should pack their own backpack for school. Sometimes, you know, moms have their kids pack their own lunch, depending on their age. And uh, I think the more they can start to be responsible for their own things. When it's time for them to launch one day, you're going to be so glad because they've already started that process and it's happened naturally over years. Oh, yes, totally. That's awesome. I love that. The other like follow-up question I have to that, because I can just hear some of the moms right now in their own heads thinking like, well, what age do you start yeah. introducing certain things? Like, what can I expect? Because I had a mom in my community like say to me that laundry was such a hassle for her and she was just like so overwhelmed and her kids were over the age of six. And I was like, why aren't they doing their own laundry? And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, my kids have been doing their own laundry since they could walk. I mean, of course it looked wow. differently, right? Some of yeah. just falling socks. But uh, like, can you just share with the moms, like, what is your philosophy around that? Like, when uh, are kids capable of helping and how do you know when they're ready for more without like stripping their childhood? You know what I mean? Like, I think a, mod- a lot of moms are like, well, I don't want them to be responsible for everything. Like, I'm their right. mom. Totally. No, a friend and I were just laughing because both of us have parents who are like, I didn't make you do that. <laughs> and I, was like, I know I had it really easy growing up. And the truth is, I think this is one of those things too, where moms need to figure out for them what, what your greatest needs are. So like I said, I have my boys cover a lot of the home, but I'm going to be honest, I still do most of the laundry. And I think it's just because that's one of those things that just fits in my flow. I don't know why. And I, I always start to tell my boys there now the college boys come home and they do their own, but, um, they all know how, and they've all done it. But for some reason, it's just one of those things, I guess I don't mind. Whereas I don't want to do all the dishes all day. So we have to figure out what we need most, as long as you're teaching your kids how to do everything. Um, one of the resources at the end of each chapter of Boy Mom, I have like printable resources. And one of them is a list of life skills by age. And that was really helpful for me. I had to do research to put that together, but it was like, what can they actually do at five? What can they actually do at 10? And when should they be able to, you know, put together an entire meal for the family? So I think that's helpful because some of us, whatever our natural bend is, we like I said, you know, you taught your kids to do laundry at a young age. I didn't even think about it till my kids were a little bit older, but everyone's going to have their thing that they think of. But I'm like, wait, my boys need to know how to cook a meal. I want to make sure they can cook and do things like change a tire. One of my sons hadn't been taught and he had a flat tire across the island. And we were like, whoops, I guess that was an important life skill we should have taught. So it's really helpful to find a list of life skills and know And then you can have some goals, you know, okay, you're 14 now this year, let's make sure we learn these things. And it kind of makes it a fun um, process as well. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the last thought that I have here as my children are getting older, I'm starting to begin to realize that, I mean, and this is rightfully so, but all of the knowledge that I have, all of the things that I gained and gleaned was all for younger kids. And now that my kids are older, they're six and nine, like 
life has changed so much for us. Mm -hmm. And I am realizing just how hard it is to help them manage their own emotions. Like Mm -hmm. it's so draining. Mm -hmm. So how could we as moms foster a tight knit family dynamic where everyone feels safe to express their feelings, but without also feeling super depleted by how much energy it takes to help them? Sure. That's a great question. And, um, and again, you know, I just can't say it enough, but every, every child's going to have a little bit different temperament. Every family's going to have different dynamics. So as much as I wish there was one way, um, being, being a student of your kids and, you know, for us just being really prayerful, I think that the, the greatest key we can have, and this came up earlier talking about character really is just modeling, showing our kids what we do when we're overwhelmed, showing our kids what we do when we're frustrated. And uh, that's again, the hardest thing, but probably the most important thing. And then I am such a believer in just communication. So talking to your child about, Hey, mommy is really frustrated, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a minute to go be alone. I'm going to pray. I'm going to write down a list of everything, you know, on my mind or, you know, everything on my to-do list when I'm overwhelmed. So we're modeling to them how we handle those big feelings when they come um, without getting, you know, laying too much adult stuff in their life. You know, you can say, I just had a phone call and I'm a little sad right now. You know, you don't have to drag into their life all the stuff going on that's too adult for them, but you can certainly tell them you're sad. You can tell them you're angry. You can tell them, and then you model to them how you walk through it. And then when they're in that situation, same thing. Hey, buddy, I can tell you're really frustrated. Let's walk through this together. Let me teach you a healthy way to deal with this frustration. And then you're giving them the tools so that the next time they feel it, you say, you know, we went through this together before. I'm going to give you a chance to go in your room and walk through those same steps. I want you to go in there and I want you to breathe. I want you to pray. I want you to, you know, take some time and then come back out here and tell me how you're feeling in a few minutes. And when they're six, that's, that's a lot. But when they're 10, they can do that. And so you're giving them tools. You're not coddling them. You're not allowing them to just throw tantrums and make a big scene. Because again, in life, that's not going to go well. But you're giving them tools and you're giving them permission to feel, but you're also teaching them what to do with those feelings. Yes, that is so good. And one other thing that I'm thinking too, as you're saying this is as our kids get older, it is so much harder to like physically pick them up, right? Mm -hmm. And put them in their room to Mm -hmm. calm down or to put them in a safe place. And like, that's always been one of the things that, you know, I've talked about is, you know, allowing your kids to choose to go, you know, like I'm not a huge big like believer in like time out, but I do really like time in, like taking Mm. time in, right. In your room to Uh, not feeling like they have to and not punishing with isolation. Mm -hmm. But I'm realizing that, you know, I offer that to my children and they never really take me up on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I will model to them like, Hey, I'm really frustrated right now. Like I need to walk away, but then they will follow me (laughs) and they won't let me be alone. And so that to me has been like really difficult because I'm trying to do the right thing, but they just won't leave me alone. And so do you have like, can you speak to that in any way? Did that happen with your boys of like, they just didn't want to give you that time because they still really needed you? Yes. Okay. Well, first of all, we need our kids to be safe. So I don't want to come across wrong here. 
as long as they're in a safe place and you're not neglecting them or, you know, putting them on out on the street, moms need to set boundaries. Kids will take and take and take and take some more if we do not set boundaries. So mom, when you need that time to yourself, you do not let them follow you. You must be firm and you must say you, because what you're teaching them is respect. And if they don't learn to respect their mom, it's going to be hard for them to respect a, you know, a woman one day. And so you want to teach them that this is an important time for mom to get alone. And I want you to respect that. And when you need your time, I'm going to respect you. But right now, and they will probably go berserk <laughs> the first couple times because they love to think that they can control mom and they will do it. So I really encourage you. And, and again, this is one of those things I would say is best communicated in a, in a calm and good moment. Don't do it in the heat of the moment, but next time you're in a happy moment, say, listen, I realize that we've had a little pattern when mom's frustrated and she tries to get alone. You tend to follow her and I get it. You love mom. I love you too, but I've kind of realized I need to show you what it looks like for mom to go be alone sometimes. So the next time I need to get away, I'm going to just tell you, and you might practice this again in a moment where you don't really need it. You might just say, right. you know, mom's going to go take five minutes and I want you to respect that. And now you're using that word respect again, right? And right. so that word respect can be used in positive moments and in, in challenging moments, but you can just say, this is what it looks like to respect somebody else's space. I'm going to go take five minutes and I bet you, here's a book. Here's, you know, whatever, a paper and crayons. I think for five minutes, you're going to be okay. And when they start to freak out, you know, give them some time to adjust. Let them know, no, don't cave. Don't let them follow you. But also give them a little grace if it's hard the first couple of times. And then start to train them to really respect your time and space. Oh, I love that. I know I'm just envisioning right now, like <laughs> I have, I have set the boundary, but typically I will lock the door and yeah. then they'll bang on the door and then uh -huh. it just escalates the whole situation. But yeah. I love the idea of just, you know, reminding them that mm -hmm. this is the time that I need and yeah. modeling that for them when it's not heated and also just letting them know that respect, like, like you said, tying that character quality to the actual action and just letting them know that when you want time alone, like you want that boundary respected as well. So I love that. That is so yes. helpful. And I'm just going to throw in another, the, the word that's come up already, and, and that would be consequences. And that's where you say, listen, if I do take my time in my room and you bang on that door you need to expect consequences, not in the moment. You don't want to have to leave your quiet time to go give consequences. Just say when mommy's time is over, she's going to lovingly give you a really dirty chore or she's going to take something away. But just know if you try banging on that door, there will be consequences. So you're, you're, you're talking to a mom that has used, um, some tough love. But again, when we do these things with, with a smile on our face and confidence, then we're avoiding, the whole cycle of anger and mommy fits and the things that we really regret later. And, and it's just such a healthier way to parent. Yes. Oh, I love that. Monica, this has been so good. I seriously feel like we could just talk for hours and hours. And I would definitely love to have you back on the show in the future so we can chat even more. Uh, but before thank you so much. Yes, of course. But before we end this conversation, I would love for you to please share with everyone listening, 
Where can they connect with you? Can you share more details about where they can find your course and how they can buy your book? Of course. Thank you so much. Um, well, my home base is just my website. You can always find me at monicaswanson.com. Um, I am the host of the Boy Mom podcast, so I'd love to meet new listeners over there. And I mostly hang out on Instagram where I'm at monicaswanson underscore. Um, as far as the course goes, uh, I keep a little list of people who would like to know when my character training course opens again. And if you want to leave your name and email for that list, you can go to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. And you'll see a page that tells you a little bit about the course. And then there's a spot you can leave your name and email. And I will let you know as soon as we're opening the doors, which we should be doing pretty early in 2021. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link all of that below in the show notes. And then also, is there a link to your book at your website as well? Sorry. Thanks for asking. Yes. And Boy Mom is found on Amazon and anywhere you can get books. And there is a spot right on my website where you can find it. Thanks so much. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. This has been so much fun. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great being on. Oh my gosh, mama. Was that not an incredible conversation with Monica? I absolutely loved having her on the show. I loved everything that she said, and I am such a huge fan of her podcast. So I definitely want you guys to go and check that out. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to screenshot it, share it out on Instagram, and tag me at The Purpose Gathering and Monica at Monica Swanson underscore. That way more mamas that are looking for help in this specific area can find insight and encouragement through her words. I would also love to invite you to join us inside of our free community called the Purpose Gathering Mamas. And this is a really great place for you to connect with like-minded mamas who are in a similar season as you. I know that life can be really hard. Raising children is extremely difficult and it can feel really lonely when you're doing it alone. So if you would like to join us inside that group, you can head to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas, that's M-A-M-A-S, and you can join our free community there. As always, mama, I am here rooting for you and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You were created to thrive with purpose and not just survive. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. For more resources and to become a part of our amazing online community and connect with like-minded mompreneurs, head to thepurposegathering.com resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to subscribe to the show and leave me a review on iTunes. Each review is so valuable to me and helps more mamas like you find the show. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this girl, and I can't wait until next time.